are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott, and I'm interviewing Dean Clancy, a senior policy fellow at Americans for Prosperity and a Paragon Health Institute public advisor. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dean. Oh, my pleasure. You recently helped with a paper discussing the HSA option, which would allow low-income Americans to use a portion of their ACA subsidy as a health savings account contribution. For our listeners who are not familiar with these terms, can you define what the HSA option is and how ACA subsidies work? Sure, I'm more than happy to. And by the way, I'm a big fan of of Hillsdale and I've got... uh, children who have gone there and a big fan, Um, happy to talk about HSAs. For those who don't know, that's a health savings account. It's a tax-free account, a bit like an IRA or a 401k, but for health care. It currently exists. About 30 million Americans have one, but most Americans don't know anything about it. They don't really have access to it. An HSA works like this. Uh, You can put money in it uh, from your employer, and it doesn't count on your income taxes. It's tax-free money. And the money that builds up in the account, it could be like a bank account with interest, or it could be like an investment account where you, you, you know, put it in the stock market if you want. Uh, none of that is taxed, which it ordinarily would be in a regular bank account. And finally, when you spend the money, as long as you spend it on qualified medical expenses, that money is also untaxed. There's no other savings account in America that works like that. It's the most generous way you can save and pay for health care, or for anything for that matter. But this one is devoted to health care, and it's been around since 2004. And as I said, about 30 million Americans have one, about one in 10 Americans. But most people have no access. And uh, we at Americans for Prosperity, that's the group that I work with. We're a national uh, grassroots advocacy organization. We uh, believe in removing barriers. Uh, between people and their version of the American dream. We want, you know, uh, a smaller government, constitutionally limited government, free enterprise, individual liberty. Anyway, at AFP, we believe that every American should have access to this opportunity, to an HSA. And um, so we're trying to remove government barriers to that. And recently we came up with an idea we call the HSA option. This would extend HSA availability to a population that currently has no access at all. That's people who are on Obamacare health insurance plans. Now, before I go further, I should explain that the reason most Americans have no access to an HSA is because federal law requires that you have a very specific kind of health insurance or you're not allowed to have an HSA. That health insurance has to be a so-called high-deductible health plan, Now, unfortunately, because of Obamacare, most Americans' health insurance does have a high deductible, but most plans are not HSA qualified. They don't meet all the bells and whistles. They don't check all the boxes. So uh, people on Medicare, for example, no no HSAs. Medicaid, no HSAs. Most people who have employer-provided insurance, no HSA, because the employer doesn't offer a plan that's qualified. People on Obamacare... Most of those plans are not qualified either, but they could be. And so the HSA option says, why not take some of the money we're already spending to subsidize those people's insurance? That's what Obamacare is. It's a subsidy 
for uh, government-regulated insurance, and then can take that subsidy in the form of a cash deposit to a tax-free health savings account that they own and control. It's a little bit like school choice, where you give the money to the parents and the student rather than to an institution. In this case, we'd be taking money that's already being spent, but we'd give it to the patient rather than to a health insurance company. And the result would be that the patient would have more choice and control. They could use their HSA dollars to pay for their deductibles, their out-of-pockets, you know, the copay, the the fee at the doctor's office, to buy things at the retail pharmacy for their health care. They could use it, by the way, for things their health insurance plan does not cover because HSAs are much more flexible than health insurance. They could also use the money for doctors or facilities that are not in their health insurance plan. And one of the downsides of Obamacare has been a shrinkage of provider networks. In other words, it's getting harder and harder uh, to find a doctor and facilities that are covered by your health insurance plan. HSAs help you kind of do an end run around all of that. So how many people would benefit? About 5 million uh, potentially would benefit. These are people who are between 100 and 250 percent of poverty. So fairly low income, not the poorest Americans, but just above that level. And um, and they're not eligible for Medicaid, which is the, the safety net health insurance program. They, they're they eligible for Obamacare. And um, uh, they get a subsidy anyway to help pay their uh, cost sharing. And we just take some of that money and let them have it and control it through an HSA. And by the way, you get to keep the money. So if you don't spend it, your account just grows over time. It's not like a use it or lose it deal. It's your money. And if they go off of Obamacare, they still keep the money and they can still use it for qualified medical expenses. And by the way, last thing, and then I'll be quiet because I've been talking a lot here. HS, this HSA option proposal would not add one dime to the deficit because it simply spends money we're already spending anyway but in a way that's a lot more efficient and better for patients. And that's the HSA option. What are some disadvantages of ACA programs, and how would the HSA option fix these certain issues? Well, ACA that you referred to, that's Obamacare. It's the same thing. ACA stands for Affordable Care Act. Um, What it does is it imposes all kinds of federal regulations on health insurance, like all kinds of benefits that have to be covered and um, rules on the insurance companies that make it hard for them to sell affordable policies. All of this is done in the nation in the name of helping consumers, but it's all it's done is drive up prices, drive up the cost sharing for patients, make it harder to find doctors and hospitals, as I mentioned, with the shrinking provider networks. Obamacare has done all of that, the ACA. Uh, the other side of it is all these subsidies to help lower-income people afford this costly, federally regulated insurance. And um, and the HSA option, of course, is about taking those subsidies and allowing at, at an individual's option. It would be a free choice for the individual to take it as a deposit to a cash-free, excuse me, a tax-free uh, health savings account. So does that? I hope that answers your question. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott, and I'm interviewing Dean Clancy, a senior policy fellow at Americans for Prosperity and a Paragon Health Institute public advisor. What are the societal benefits of the HSA option? 
Well, HSAs are great for society because we know from studies that when people spend their own money, they are more frugal and they um, they shop more wisely to get better value. The result is lower costs for everyone, higher quality for everyone. It's just like when you go into the grocery store, you're spending your own money. So they're showing you all the prices on the shelves. They are giving you options and choices, and it's all driven by people comparing and, and shopping for value because they're spending their own money. Well, that's what happens with HSAs, too, in healthcare. One of the biggest problems with American healthcare today is people are not really spending their own money. They're spending an insurance company's money or an employer's money. In other words, they don't care about the cost because somebody else is paying. With the HSA, they care because it's their money. They can save it for future health costs, and it could even be a big nest egg for health costs in retirement, for example. And so the HSA helps lower health care costs. That's the biggest benefit. It also drives quality because when consumers are shopping for value, uh, that forces competition. That forces doctors, imaging centers, MRI uh, facilities, and so on to compete on price and quality. And um, we're starting to see some of that in this country uh, because Obamacare drove up how much people have to pay out of pocket for health care. You're seeing some improvements there, but it's very painful for families who have to pay uh, just out of their pocket. The, the money they're using has already been taxed. The beauty of the HSA is that money is untaxed. It's, it's, your health care dollar goes farther. And, um, you know, the big businesses in this country, they get a huge tax break for offering health insurance to their employees. But you, the individual consumer, don't get a tax break for, for your health care purchases, uh, including your health insurance purchases, if you do it outside the workplace. So there's a discrimination in the tax code, and the HSA gets around that. It allows you to enjoy that same kind of tax break. The result is that if every American had an HSA, you would see more price transparency. It would be more like the gas station or the grocery store. You would see prices. You know, you'd walk into the doctor's office. Today, you go in and and you say, how much will this cost, you know, for a procedure or something? And they'll be like, well, uh, we're not sure. It depends on your health plan. But in the future, when people are paying with HSAs, they'll have it posted. You'll be able to see it online. You'll be able to shop and compare online. It'll be a lot more like Amazon or Walmart than what it is today, where there's literally no transparency. Nobody knows how much anything costs, and everything costs way too much. So that's a couple of benefits. And the the societal benefit for the HSA option would be that it would allow perhaps 5 million low-income Americans to access HSAs. They have no access right now. And, you know, they're going to go off of Obamacare at some point, hopefully. And when they do, they'll still have the HSA. They'll know how to use it. When they go to an employer plan, they might say, hey, boss, could you put tax-free money into my HSA as part of my compensation package? And that will be good for everybody. Eventually, as I said, we'd like to see all Americans have the HSA option, but we're going to start uh, our first proposal here is this this uh, HSA option for the low income. How would the HSA option affect many people's overall welfare? Well, it would affect everybody beneficially by helping to bring down prices and improve quality, just as I said, and um, especially, of course, in the Obamacare uh, world where 
Uh, there's about uh, 10 million people in that market now, and our proposal would help about 5 million of them who uh, make less than about uh, 250% of the federal poverty level. And um, these families would, for example, um, right now these families, uh, they might get a break on how much they have to pay out of pocket through Obamacare, but with the HSA option, they might have, say, $5,000 put in their account every year. And they can use that money to pay for doctor's visits, you know, the co-pays and uh, the deductible. By the way, I've been using the word deductible. And for those who don't know, that means the money you pay out of pocket before your insurance kicks in. And um, the HSA would enable these low-income families uh, to do that, to cover those costs um, at no cost to the taxpayers. So it's kind of a win-win-win proposal, and we're very excited about it, and we even have some members of Congress lined up uh, to introduce it as a bill. The HSA option has a total of eight components. What are some of the most important things to take away from these components? Sure. The the specifics of the proposal, uh, the important ones are, first of all, that if you are one of those five million people making below a certain amount, and you're in an Obamacare exchange uh, in your state, you're trying to buy health insurance, you qualify for this option. It's, it's, a, it's available to you as an option. Another is that if you're an insurance company and you want to sell your products in one of these state Obamacare exchanges or marketplaces, you have to make the HSA option available. You have to uh, craft your health insurance plan so that, or at least one of your product offerings has to be HSA qualified. And um, another is that uh, the, the folks who, who get this money are not going to be able to just sort of go out and buy a stereo with it. Uh, under With an ordinary HSA, if you don't spend the money on qualified medical expenses as defined by the, the IRS, then you're subject to a penalty tax as well as having to pay ordinary tax on the money. It's a very steep penalty to encourage you to only spend the money on health care. Well, in, in the HSA option proposal, we go a step beyond that. We say you can only spend it on um, qualified medical expenses. And to control that, you have a debit card, and that debit card can only be used for medical expenses that are qualified. So, for example, let's say you go into, uh, you know, Walmart or, uh, or CVS or Walgreens. You buy your prescription drugs. You also buy a candy bar and a magazine. The HSA debit card will cover the cost of your prescription because that's a qualified medical expense, but it will reject the candy bar and the magazine. You'll have to pay for those with some other card or with cash, and that's to make sure that these low-income folks use the money for health care, which is the purpose of it. Those are some of the main, the main features of the HSA option. For those who have program integrity concerns regarding the HSA option, how would you respond to these concerns? Well, you're, the, the, question, the answer I just gave, in a sense, is the answer. Program integrity means making sure people don't cheat the system. You know, they don't take the money and use it in an inappropriate way. There's no fraud and so on. And we, we prevent that by uh, using those controlled debit cards that can only be used for qualified uh, medical expenses, and um, that pretty much takes care of any issue there. Um, by the way, 
just so you know, most government health care programs have huge program integrity problems. There's a lot of fraud and waste in those programs. Uh, but they don't necessarily have the kind of controls that we're talking about with the HSA option. So we're, we're proud of the fact that the money that we would put into people's accounts could only be spent for legitimate medical expenses. For those who are interested in the HSA option, what are the first steps that they should take? Well, you should visit um, and the website where our paper is published. It's uh, a think tank called the Paragon Institute, Paragon Health Institute. And uh, in the search bar, just type in HSA option. You'll find the paper with all the details and all the specifications. And by the way, if you want to learn more about Americans for Prosperity, my group's uh, sort of overall health care reform vision, uh, you can go to a website we've set up called personaloption.com, personaloption.com. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. That's actually all the questions I have for you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Our guest has been Dean Clancy, a senior policy fellow at Americans for Prosperity and a Paragon Health Institute public advisor. I'm Lauren Scott on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.